Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here on the interwebs with Heather Shoemaker. How you doing, Heather? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. We're back with part six of our uh, sharing se- uh, series. Uh, we got a little bit sidetracked. Can you believe it? Um, yeah. Part six. Yeah. We've only scraped the surface. Oh, I'm, I'm going to talk to you off air. I got another one I think we could do a series on. So, uh, um, okay, let's get on track with this one. We I got us off track last time, and we went into some fun stuff. But uh, uh, where are we going with this one? Well, I, I like for adults to think about how how complicated and complex their own judgments are of, say, sharing. When would you share with somebody? And how we expect kids to just share automatically because either we told them to or because it's the right thing to do. Sort of forgetting that there's, there's a complex equation that we go through as adults, as hopefully socially competent adults, who's done this once or twice before, and yet it's still a pretty complex process for us. So just to, um, I think we can brainstorm a little bit back and forth here, but when a friend of yours asks to borrow something from you or um, wants to, um, you know, take the book you're reading right, right now, what are the things that go through your mind about whether or not you should share with that person? Uh, past performance. <laughs> yeah, uh, so do you know what happened last time you lent this object to your friend Jack? Yeah. What happened, and did it come back? Yeah, exactly. I've, I've got a, a, a friend who, who borrowed a power, power tool from me, um, and it came back when it was expected to, but it also came back cleaned with a, a it was a saw with a new blade in it and that's a dude who can show up and borrow anything anytime um right other people right. not so much right so here it wasn't just punctually returned but it was returned in better shape than when yeah. you lent it yeah exactly yeah. and so that's somebody so there's two sides to it will you even get it back uh-huh and what condition will it be when it comes back? Yeah, and so in some situations, it's it's really there really is a risk there, depending on 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 what the the item being shared is. Um, it's I mean, you want to have trust in this person because they're a friend, and on the flip side, you don't know if you do because you've never lent them something before and then and then they build up a track record with you. And so there are some people it's easy to share with and some people you you kind of uh, you you lose their email address or something because uh, you don't want to have to say no. Right, right. And there's also I think um, the gratefulness of the person. So not just is the object coming back and is it in good shape? But did the person say thank you or did they, you know, give you some cookies or did they give you a big hug or at least acknowledge you in some way that made you feel good? Or did they just kind of drop it off and 
see ya. Yeah, bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Um, so somebody that you don't know, too. I mean, there's, there's a big element of trust, not just past performance, but do you have a relationship with this person, and do you trust them in general? Or is it a stranger who's asking for something, and do you trust this particular stranger? Uh, it, yeah, it's, I mean, I've, I've run into it, you know, traveling, there's, there's somebody comes up and they, they, they need something, they need to borrow your phone or they need five bucks because they, whatever happened and, and you hear, you hear people's stories and you, you have to read them and that's often a hard thing to do because some people are literally out there to screw you over and some people are just people that are in hard situations and and so there's a real emotional and cognitive dance going on in your heads when you're trying to decide how to proceed in some of those situations. Yeah, I have found that having a very cute child with you helps in those situations if you need to borrow some borrow something phone. real. <laughs> When uh, one of my children was on a, a bicycle ride with my husband, and they were gone a really long time, and I was beginning to get worried, and all of a sudden, um, it had been hours and hours, and the phone rang, and the caller ID said the name of the local hospital, and I thought, oh, no, <laughs> they had a bicycle accident, <laughs> and they're calling from the hospital, but what had really happened is they got a flat tire, and they got stuck way out miles away on the bicycle trail, oh. and they borrowed a doctor's t- cell phone because that's who was pedaling by was some guy who worked at the local <laughs> hospital. <laughs> so having the cute kid got them to you know, <laughs> the flat tire. They had all the props to show, look, we had a bicycle problem. Got to use the cell phone, but it, it did give me a bit of a heart so attack. Should, you should always have a cute kid near, nearby. Um, so... One of the other things I was wondering, I'm thinking about this adult sharing, is the whole idea of sharing information. Um, I, you, there are some people you feel safe and comfortable talking with, and some people you don't, and some people you bite your lip with, and some people you don't, and and that's a real complex thing right. to do, and too. and I think that one actually applies to kids, too, yeah. because... Kids don't really know when they're talking to a friend that they might blab everything. You know, their their nickname that their grandmother calls them or their name of their teddy bear that they don't want everybody to know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the gossip factor. Yeah. And it's learning who can keep something private private and who can't. And that usually comes from uh, mistakes and experience. <laughs> <laughs> Valuable teachers. Yes. So that's uh, that, that's about trustworthiness. Maybe this person takes very good care of your books that that she borrows, but isn't able to. Um, Doesn't take keep care of your secrets. Private, so you can maybe decide I'll share this with you, but not that with uh-huh. you. That's another part of the equation. Um, and then there's just talking about is the thing that is being asked to be shared is it how valuable is it to you? How private, personal, and valuable. Mm-hmm. So, would you let anybody borrow your car, or your spouse, or <laughs> your lipstick or chapstick? Um, there's your toothbrush. <laughs> there's some things that are pretty personal, <laughs> and some things that you know. Would you let them wear your diamond watch and go off to? 
California for a week. Well, they, they certainly so, couldn't have my diamond watch and my wife and my truck. I mean, maybe two of the three, but but not all three. But not all three. Not all three. Um, this you mentioned you mentioned uh, chapstick. I mentioned a couple episodes that we went to uh, visit uh, granddaughter Rowan at her at uh, at Butterfly Hill Preschool where she goes up in Minnesota, and uh, and Rowan had chapped lips, and she tells she tells Tasha that you know let me let me use your chapstick, and Tasha's like. Oh my gosh! I can't because there's 20 children standing in front of me, and while I, while I'm I'm cool with sharing it with my granddaughter, I don't want to have to say no to these 20 other kids. And and so I think they went off and and did that transaction kind of a uh, on the down low away from everybody because she was just cringing at the idea of of having all those little lips or fingers on her chapstick. But that, right, I so mean, there you've got that yeah. um, family sharing, but not uh-huh. not. Um, 20 kids. So for a child, so for an adult, there's lots of things that are off limits that we just won't share with anybody else. Um, and I don't think that we translate that very well. There's a lot, maybe a child has just had a birthday and two minutes before they opened a brand new present. And sometimes we'll say immediately, you know, share with so-and-so, but it's, so new, it's hard for them to, they haven't even yeah. got to know it, let alone are they ready to share it. So that's a, an example of new, but also the example of old and loving, you mm-hmm. know, the favorite teddy or the favorite blankie or the favorite something. Those are off limits. It's yeah. just not. <laughs> yeah, well, well, well when, with Rowan again, I mean, because she's the little person in, in my life most, um, you could really tell when an adult had gained her trust is she would give up her 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 blanket to them she would let them uh put it on their lap or hold it or or uh or read a book to it um and 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 she only did that with people that that she trusted so th- there's there's that that thing right. going you on you knew you'd arrive yeah you were in the inner, inner yeah you're, you're yeah exactly when you get to hold mimi um yeah, I think we And if you even if you're in the inner circle and you usually get to hold Mimi, but then you did something to make her mad, like make her go wash your hands before lunch or something, then maybe suddenly you don't get to have Mimi anymore. Put, put I mean, me, it, it can come and go. Put Mimi in the washing machine, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. Um it's it's so complex and I really I really like that we're we're talking about these adult things because it really does shine a light on the complexity of sharing that that we really as adults don't always pay attention to um, with kids and so I, I would love to see child care staff do some sort of exercise about this during a during a staff meeting or a staff training where they have this conversation about what they are willing and able to share and how they share and then reflect on what they expect from the children in their care as well I think there could be some really interesting and uh, and thoughtful conversations rise out of those right. activities and then there's also the sort of forced sharing it's it's more the peer pressure and social expectation. Let's say you're you're at a, a a concert or some sort of event, and they come around asking for money to support the good cause or mm-hmm. <laughs> support the school or support something. And maybe you're not really feeling like you have a lot of money to share at that moment or that month or that something, but there's an expectation that you really need to ante up. That's a little bit the feeling. So you do because you know it's a good cause. Uh-huh. But it's also a little bit of the feeling that the young child gets when we force 
to share a toy is you do it, but you do it kind of grudgingly and you don't feel good about it. It's that forced from the outside to share when you kind of know it's a good idea, but you don't really want to on the inside. Yeah, I, I, in, in the burnout presentations I do, we talk, we get into the conversation about how cluttered people's calendars become with other people's stuff. Um, we, we feel this pressure to, I mean, if somebody asks you to do something and you really don't want to do it, a lot of people that work in early learning end up doing it anyway because they feel, they feel this outside pressure to, to share right. their time. And the obligation to say yes to committees. Yeah, yeah. And, and so they end up with, with absolutely no time for their own care and uh, dreams and goals and sleep because they're, they're coaching the four-year-old soccer team and they're making stuff for the bake sale and they're working the extra shift and all this kind of stuff. They're, they, they just feel obligated to share their time with everybody that it becomes a real struggle to take a breath and say no and and not do that obligatory sharing of their of their time and energy and it it's just it it, it it's hard to say no to those kind of things right and there can be times things like that you can go in cycles there can be times where if you don't have anything left of yourself to share with yourself it's you can't share w- with the rest of the world yeah so if you're in a point where you just need to focus on you or your home base, and you need to say no to everything. Um, do that, and maybe there's a t- maybe after you've been in that space for a while, there comes a time when you are feeling stronger and and you're feeling like you can reach out. So it, it doesn't mean if you're saying no right now that it's no forever. It's just right now I I, I I'm not going to say yes to this, and then that leaves the door open for for um, future. Yeah, it, future sharing of your time. Yeah, it also leaves the door open for uh, being a little bit more understanding when uh, when Jenny doesn't want to come to circle time because she's busy with the blocks. Yeah, she's not ready. To, she's not ready to share her time with circle time because she's she's got she's got an obligation to those blocks at the moment. But that could lead us down to a whole other path. Um, what more? What more do we have on this one, Heather? Well, I think it's going to you know it's individual. It, it does start to get there's basic concepts of. Will I get it back? Do I trust the person? Is it personal, valuable? There's some basic ones. And then it can get pretty individual for people, too. Uh, But I think that the key is, and I like to do this when I do presentations with groups, is just to ask these questions and have people break into groups and, and discuss this. Sometimes the lists get to be 15, 20 things long of what people need to have in order before they're willing to share something. And, of course, these judgments happen in the blink of an eye. Usually mm-hmm. we run through all these things in our head before, and we'll quickly say yes or no. Um, but when we start to think through it, it, it can be pretty involved. Um, so I think that the key is, is that there's a lot that goes into this, and adults are pretty good at running through all these ingredients and deciding whether to trust somebody to share something, whereas we're expecting children to do it on command starting when they're a toddler Uh with none of the life experience that we have and is that a fair expectation it would seem not it seems it's it seems not a fair expectation and 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 we we can we can do better huh we can try i think we can do better and part of it just starts with us realizing how we go about things and yeah. and um, how we can help kids get to the point where they do have a, um, 
a sharing spirit, generous heart, and that comes from practice. And the practice is not imposed from the outside, the adult saying, be nice and share. It's, it comes from the inside and from a set of judgments that, that kids will develop as part of their social skills. Yeah. And I think another thing with uh, sharing is that as children get better with conflict management skills and learning how to set limits on peers is they can be more open to sharing by realizing they can say, you can have it if you promise not to get paint on it. (laughs) You can have it if you promise not to have it where your little brother can drool on it. You know, adding some statement so that the kid who's using the next toy, um, you know, getting the next turn with it, um, understands what the expectations and limits are. You can sh- you can have it, you can play with it, you can even maybe take it home to your house as long as and then impose the limit that's important to you. And kids can learn to do that. And if they feel safe, they're, they're knocking down a barrier um, that would have stopped them from sharing, and then they're more likely to, to be generous and be, and, and be a, a child who shares. Yeah, yeah, and they're building a lifelong skill. They, they grow up to be that adult who's able to say, yeah, I can cover that extra shift for you on Thursday, but Friday, if there's an opportunity, I need to, to get out early because I, I, got, I got my weekend to get started and um, to, to, to come to those arrangements. And, and so it's, it's a very empowering uh, bit of skill that uh, that can be used for the next 70 or 80 or 90 or 120 years. Right. <laughs> what you say lifetime? Yeah, okay. Well, maybe I, I don't know how I don't know how long these kids today are going to live. I mean, I'm I'm figuring there's going to be robotic implants and stuff. So, uh, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Oh. And then we'll have new issues of sharing to deal with. Can I borrow your implants? Oh, yeah, can I can I can I download you? I mean, yeah, it's going to be very complicated in the future. I'm I'm glad I'm not going to be there. Um, what else we got for this one, Heather? I, th- I think this is this is good. Um, we're going to wrap this one up because this is a good one to brainstorm with your colleagues, with your family, um, to think about on your own and, and think about how we mismatch our um, complex set of adult expectations and what we expect of young kids. Hey, listeners, you know what kind of sharing I like? I like uh, I like the fact that you share your uh, your time with with us and uh, stick in your earbuds and uh, and listen to the show. We really do appreciate that, and we love you. Besides listening, we love you sharing it with other people who you think might enjoy it. Uh, we're going to be back soon with another episode and it may or may not be about sharing because who knows there might be an episode seven out there someplace that uh, we come up with before we get together again thanks for tuning in thanks for listening bye-bye bye and thanks for listening we'll be back next week with another episode music by alexander shoemaker This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.